Welcome to the Grow Old With Me podcast, where we connect our family to yours through openness and vulnerability, while keeping God's truth at the center of our discussions. Welcome again to the Grow Old With Me podcast. Uh, I'm Peter, together with Crystal, uh, we'll be starting episode two, which will be about our family mission statement. And this is something that I've never really heard of until we read, I read a book um, called Rhinestone Jesus by Kristen Welch a few summers ago, probably three summers ago. Um, And in that book, she talked about having a family mission statement. And I just really liked how it gives your family kind of a guide to go by. Yeah, when we make our, our big decisions, uh, we didn't really have, uh, other than maybe saying, yes, we're going to try to look at what the Bible would have to say, nothing simple and concrete or, or concise about how to base that, that decision on. So, yeah, I think when we're starting to stray or feeling like things aren't maybe going the way we want them to, we can come back to our family mission statement and think, Hey, I think this is how God wants us to be living our lives. This is maybe where our focus should be at this point. Right. So when Crystal kind of read this book and came to me with it, uh, I thought it was a great idea. Uh, but then uh, we kind of hit this roadblock because we really didn't have any idea how to form our own family mission statement. So I, I think we just kind of sat down over the course of time and, and just kind of wrote down a, a bunch of kind of words that we, we kind of wanted to put in there that were important to us. Uh, and then we kind of just wrote them all down and, and, and put them together until we came up with something that we finally like. And uh, this is what we came up with. To seek and follow God's will for our lives as individuals and as a united family by... Humbly acknowledging our brokenness and relying on His strength... Being grateful for what we have and what Christ has done for us. Graciously giving our time and resources as God leads. Courageously living counterculturally. So that each of us can have a real relationship with God and respond obediently to his calling. And I think maybe to kind of explain all that as we go, maybe we'll just break it down point by point and just kind of explain our, our rationale. And I think before we even get to our four main points, uh, we came up with this, this opening statement of, to seek and follow God's will for our lives as individuals and as a united family. Uh, and in that, I think uh, something kind of was, was bouncing around in our heads is we, we had this idea of um, what does it really mean uh, to be Christians? And we came up with this two-step process, which maybe sounds kind of simple, um, but ends up being kind of hard to implement. It's, it's to listen to what God wants and then do what he says. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, it does sound simple, but I don't, I think living the Christian life is not that simple because a lot of times God's will doesn't line up with what we think our will should be. Right. And that's where the... Yeah, I think I have a hard part in the first place, even even hearing God's will. I think I, I'm kind of driven by my, my own will. So even hearing it, I think, is a challenge. Uh, and then when, when I do hear it, I think sometimes I'm opposed to it because, like you said, it's it's against what what I wanted to do. So I think listening and doing, I mean, that's what we said, is seek and follow. Uh, that That's a big part. But also we have on the end there, individuals and united family. So on that, we were thinking about, uh, yeah, we, we want, as a family, we want to follow Christ. But for each member of our family, we want to equip our kids and make sure that each of us are doing uh, our, our relationship with Christ and not just communally, but individually as well. 
uh, which I think brings us then to that first point. In order to seek and follow uh, God's will in our lives, we have these four subpoints. And the first one uh, is humbly acknowledging our brokenness and relying on his strength. I think this one's important because I think we're told as a people pretty much to not show weakness or vulnerability. Right. I think in society, you're seen as maybe less than if if there's chinks in your armor or if you... Um, show vulnerability. Yes. And I think God sees... He wants us in that vulnerable state because that's when he draws us in and sh- like his power can can become more great. What is that verse? His power is greater in our weakness. Yeah. Um, and that's, he doesn't want us to be puffed up and right. I not th- need him. I think that's, that's a, a, a big issue for me. Uh, we'll kind of get back into my story. I think as the podcast go on, but I, I think I've, I've built this, uh, uh, appearancey, uh, kind of reputation where I've really spent a lot of time thinking about what other people think of me. I've, I've worked hard uh, to gain some accolade or win some trophies, um, which I think is the opposite of what this very first one is doing, is that um, in God's kingdom, it, it's backwards. And, and, and the trophies that you earn with God aren't by by being great. It's by, by being small. You... you, you that you're you gain credit sort of by being humble, which I think is completely backwards notion for me. Is is humility is what we're striving for, and not self advancement. But it's not even credit for ourselves. It shows God's. It's giving God the credit. Right. Bringing it back to Him. Right. That's yeah, a good correction. Um, and that's I think that the thing on there is is when we acknowledge our brokenness, I think it it opens up the door for God to move in us uh, when. When I'm I'm full of myself, or when I'm um, trying to self advance, I, I kind of don't leave room for God to work in me because I, I'm basically saying to Him that I don't need Him because I can take care of it. Um, and I think it's in some of those spots where I think He sought me out by by creating that brokenness, like we talked about in that last one about pruning, where He He, he sometimes uses difficult situations to get our attention and make sure that we know um, that He's there and that we need to rely on Him. So our second point is being grateful for what we have and what Christ has done for us. And I think this can be a struggle for everyone, but I think when we're not grateful, uh, I think it can just kind of eat us alive almost, you know, because there's things in everybody's day that don't go the way we want them to go. And if we're not grateful for the little things in our lives, I feel like we can quickly turn into angry and bitter people. Right. Yeah, I, that that contentedness is, is something that uh, I think could make us happy, but we, we overlook it very much because we, we do this comparison game uh, and we look at what other people have or what we might be able to get and uh, we feel like we're slighted and that it's unjust and we want more and we want what's ours. And it ends up making us unhappy and bitter people, just like you said. We have a sign in our kitchen that says, gratitude turns what we have into enough. And I think I like that it's in a prominent place in our home where we can see it often because it is a good reminder. And it does remind us that, you know what, I have it pretty darn good. Um, and what I, what God has provided me is enough. Right. 
I think a good book um, that we can also reference in the show notes that I've read about gratefulness is 1000 Gifts by Ann Boskamp. And she just talks about just little things in your day that you can pick out, whether it be um, your favorite flavor of toothpaste or (laughs) I don't... Uh, Things you pass by on your way to work that that make you aware of God's presence or just things that make you happy throughout the day. Right. And when we are so rushed and going from here to there, I think we focus more on the negatives, what isn't right in our day. And I think even just taking the simplest little thing and being grateful for it and giving it to God really turns around our attitudes and I think honors God. Right. Uh, and it makes what what he gives us sufficient. It's it's enough. What what he offers us is enough, and we don't feel like we are in want of what other people have because we realize that we've been given the greatest gift of all. Uh, and that's the second part of it is it's what Christ has done for us. Uh, it, it puts this awareness that we we don't have to worry so much about our house upgrades or uh, the, the neighborhood or the car or the thing we drive or our paycheck or our benefits or our salary because that's so insignificant compared to the price that's been paid for us uh, and our eternal value is that our, our sins were put on Jesus Christ and because of that we have the opportunity for eternal life, forgiveness. I think I've told you, Peter, this before that I think when I sin the most in my heart is when I start to get those words, I deserve in my head. Yeah. Oh, I deserve this. Yeah. Um, because I deserve hell. <laughs> hell is what I deserve. Right. Um, and Christ saved me from that. So anything I receive here on earth is added bonus. <laughs> right. To what we deserve, I think. And that puts us in our place, going back to that point number one about our brokenness. If we put in mind that we deserve nothing it puts christ in his proper perspective is that anything he's done good for us is a gift and we should be grateful for it and our lives should be lived as a grateful offering for what he's given us i think the last thing i wanted to say on that too is i think a lot of times we'll think oh, i'll be happy when yeah oh if i could only be like that person they have such a nice house or if i But then if we could peel back the layers on that person's life, they're not completely happy or content in what they have. So the more we get, I think the more discontent we are with what we have. Right. Yeah, I I think I get in that too. Like, you know, a practical thing is when when those loans kind of pile on us, no matter what it is we got them for, is is I kind of get this in my head like, oh, when that loan is done, then... uh, then I'll be happy. You know, it's like the win. You know what I mean? Like we, we get those same things. And yeah, it just, that it doesn't lead to happiness. What what actually leads to happiness is, is acknowledging again what Christ has done for us. So that should lead us to our third point, uh, which is graciously giving our time and resources as God leads. Uh, and in that, uh, really, we want to be generous people. Uh, knowing that God has given us so much, we want to make sure that we uh, do what Jesus did. And that's that's give our lives away, both the way we spend our time and the way we spend our money. And even thinking about our lives and our money as not our own, but God's, right. Jesus's, to be used for his purpose instead of ours. Yeah. That, um, that's something I think that uh, Crystal, I think, came... Um, 
from a, from a mindset, I think that is just she's she's more naturally a, a giving person, I think, um, and I think in that she's she's challenged me to make sure that I'm I'm considering less of again uh, how I might self advance and more on on how we might serve others and, and be like Jesus. We were just talking. We were in traffic the other day, and cars were some cars drive really aggressive, and others are not as aggressive but I think it's a very lonely life to be that aggressive car to always try to get ahead of everyone else and self-advance right because they're not ever really going to be happy or filled in that um yeah I think we're less lonely and feel more in tune with God when we are giving of ourselves right I think you, you know, I don't know if it's a, a real statistic. I don't know if I've ever heard it, but it just it seems to me like some of the happiest people are the ones who have the least, the ones who have taken what they have and, and they, they give it away. They just they send it right back and find somebody who could use those resources or time more, and then they give it away. And I think that, that really offers fulfillment, knowing that not not that I made my, my own life better, but that um, my gift was able to help somebody else. And we talked about in this stage of life, I think we would like to do more. Um, and it is difficult when being parents of three young kids to get out there and be giving of our time and resources. It's kind of the last thing I want to do at this point because I feel like I'm already <laughs> giving right. of so many, um, so much of my time and resources with the kids. Right. But I think we need to remember that um, if you do have young kids, that is where your mission field is and that is you giving of yourself and your time and your resources putting that into your kids so that they can in turn give of themselves and their resources to somebody else god has put us in a very um large responsibility position uh, with the kids that he's given us he's he's entrusted us to raise them uh, in a way that would lead our kids to follow him, to trust him. Uh, and we're going to have more of an impact on those three kids that we have right now than any other one person or two people are going to have. So we need to take that responsibility seriously and uh, invest into our kids and, and consider that primarily our, our responsibility given from God to serve them. Not that that excuses us um, from giving our time elsewhere and getting into the community uh, and our church and, and helping out uh, there, um, but we want to make sure that uh, we prioritize uh, that we can still call it generously giving our time by investing heavily into our own family, making sure that we're leading them toward Christ. Uh, and still, I think going further into that, uh, that that's kind of giving our time. I think even with not having a whole lot of spare time because of uh, the, the busyness that comes from family, um, is still the, the opportunity to take whatever we have, the, the money that we have, and, and use that uh, with the thoughts first, as this is our mission statement that, that would drive our family of how can we use our money uh, to follow what God would lead us to do. And our last point was courageously living counterculturally. And I think as a parent, this, I think, will be our hardest um, job. Right. Trying to keep the kids from getting sucked into the world. Because I think there are things in the world that are very appealing, even to us as adults. I think we need to remember 
Um, you know, we're, we're not here for our pleasure. We're here for a gift and our reward is going to be in heaven. Right. And I think it's easy to get focused on um, things of the earth. Right. I think it's a very human uh, quality is to um, want to fit in, to feel a belonging with what everybody else is doing. And I think um, maybe it's amplified in the teenage years, but it's it's in all the years, whether you're an adult or an adolescent, uh, you want to fit in and belong. Uh, but I think it's important that we find our belonging and the, the place we fit in, not, not with regular culture, what the world is doing, but that we find our belonging in belonging to the family of Jesus Christ, that we fit in uh, with God's will for our lives. Instead of trying to fit in with this mold that uh, we would see on, on TV or movies or radio or school or work, that we actually try to just hear what God says and, and fit in with what he's asking us to do. And I think as a family, we've put things into place so that we we don't focus on the culture. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics because I think that is every, I think each family needs to look into their own hearts and figure out what is right yeah. for them. And that's, I think, part of what our whole thing, to seek and follow God's will. I, I don't actually believe that, that God would be calling every family to put those exact same boundaries that we've put up. Um, they, he might be calling you to do something different, more or less, than what we've put in mind. Um, but I think the important thing is is to act actively as as a family to seek what God would have you do to, to avoid uh, what the culture does and also to pursue him and then actually do those things. And we've got three kids, but we named our son um, specifically <laughs> for the countercultural reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, we named him Caleb Daniel. Uh, and, and the Daniel, I think, was pretty well established before we even got going. Uh, we knew if we were going to have a son, we were going to name him Daniel simply because uh, that's Crystal's father's name. And we wanted to honor him in some way in that, too. Um, but but even that name, Daniel, lined up biblically when you look at the two characters of the Bible, Caleb and Daniel, how they both stood above the crowd and did what was not popular so that they could do what was right. We remember uh, Caleb was a spy into the promised land sent out with uh, among 12 spies. He came back among those 12 to the people and reported, yes, the land is good, just like all the other spies did. But unlike them, there were 10 who said, but we can't take it because there's giants in the land. And Caleb said, no, God's promised it to us. Let's go. He, he stood against even the leaders of Israel and said, let's do what God has said and go take the land that he's promised. And in the same way, Daniel, uh, as a figure in the, in the Bible, did what God wanted him to as well, that he stood against the crowd, both as a young man and as an old man. As a young man, he, he refused to um, follow those diet restrictions that Nebuchadnezzar put on him and that uh, he was not going to violate what God told him. So uh, he made sure that he, he stood out. He didn't do what was imposed or popular. Um, he followed God's command in his own diet. And as an old man, he, he refused to stop praying, even though he risked the, the possibility, uh, which actually ended up being reality, of being placed in a lion's den. So in that naming of Caleb Daniel, uh, we, we did. We really emphasized this, don't do what's popular. Don't do... Don't live just by what everybody else does. And I think, um, I think 
the key to not getting sucked into what the culture tells us is keeping our eyes focused on Jesus. Mm. Because when we turn to him, we don't see all this stuff. Or maybe we can um, see past the enticing part and see how that can probably negatively affect you down the road. And I think that's an important thing to teach kids is when you're making a choice, think past the initial excitement of the choice right into what the effects are going to be later right how is this going to impact your relationship with jesus christ which hopefully is uh an important um if not the most important uh quality of your life that you have uh, i think i in kind of wrapping up this section i was just thinking of that song turn your eyes upon jesus when you were saying that on, on how uh the things of this world will grow strangely dim uh w- I, I, it's the thing that kind of applied to living counterculturally um, to this thing. And, and the final thing was this Bible verse of uh, God calling us to live in the world, but not necessarily be of the world. After these four main points, we concluded the mission statement by saying, so that each of us can have a real relationship with God and respond obediently to his calling. And now to conclude our entire podcast, I think we'll... Uh, Just wrap up the entire mission statement at once. To seek and follow God's will for our lives as individuals and as a united family by 1. Humbly acknowledging our brokenness and relying on His strength. 2. Being grateful for what we have and what Christ has done for us. 3. Graciously giving our time and resources as God leads. 4. Courageously living counterculturally so that each of us can have a real relationship with God and respond obediently to his calling. So that's our mission statement that we've come up with together. Hopefully you can be encouraged by what we have and maybe try to implement some of the ideas uh, into your own family. That's all for today, but we will be back with more episodes discussing family life. Thank you for listening.